Crude oil is suddenly weak and looking to get a lot weaker after a brief detour higher right into the Red Sea conflict. Fundamentals appearing more and more in the oil market, and they don't appear to have improved at all over the month and a half in between. Now, the U.S. economy looks absolutely fantastic, at least according to certain statistics, but it obviously isn't enough to pick up oil. In fact, whatever the U.S. economy might be doing, it doesn't appear to be enough to balance out the clear and unambiguous weakness around the rest of the world, which is what oil appears to be picking up on. And we got some shocking numbers out of Germany today just to emphasize that point. But before we get to those, let's back up and, and revisit what happened, what has happened in the oil market. Last year, we had a major sell-off the last couple of months of 2023, consistent with the rally in bond yields. And the fall in oil prices seemed to corroborate the negative economic picture that lower bond yields were sending. By December 12th, crude oil got down to 68.85 in the United States. That's a WTI futures price, the front month contract. Not only that, crude had gone back into contango, and pretty sharp contango, despite the fact that OPEC has cut back on production and held the line on production cuts and will continue to hold the line on production cuts into the foreseeable future. By December 19th, the WTI futures curve was a dollar into contango at the important crucial three-month spread. Now, the International Energy Agency, or IEA, in its monthly report for December, recognized that this was a demand problem. They said evidence of a slowdown in oil demand is mounting, with the pace of expansion set to ease from 2.8 million barrels per day year over year in the third quarter of 2023 to 1.9 million barrels per day in the fourth quarter. So a sharp slowdown. A deterioration in the macroeconomic outlook led to a downward revision in our global oil consumption growth forecast of nearly 400,000 barrels per day in the final months of the year 2023. Europe, Russia, and the Middle East account for most of the adjustment. But despite those weakening fundamentals, including some more serious signs from China, as well as not all that great data from the United States, oil prices rebounded anyway. Because on December 12th, Yemeni rebels attacked a, and it actually hit a Norwegian tanker called the Strinda. Now that was an oil and, and chemical tanker that was on its way to Italy, caused a little bit of damage, but suddenly from that point on, the oil market was once more drawn into geopolitical concerns, especially how it might affect and impact deliveries of crude oil through that very crucial shipping lane. Would we see another supply shock situation where oil got diverted the wrong way around Africa, delaying, uh, delaying deliveries, creating more bottlenecks, supply issues? Well, the oil market wasn't really sure how that would play out, so oil prices started to rise again. And by the time we got to late December, oil was back up to around 75, almost 76. And then it was back and forth through early January, which that was already a sign that markets were concerned that demand was still an overriding issue. Despite the fact that the issue with that the conflict around the Red Sea was actually escalating too. On January 17th, the WTI futures curve sprang out of contango and right back into backwardation. On the 17th, a U.S. ship owned by a Genco-based or U.S. New York City-based Genco Shipping and Trading called the Genco Picardy 
carrying a load of phosphate rocks, was hit by a missile and sustained damage. And it reignited fears about supply shock, especially in, in, the, uh, in the aftermath. Insurers, shippers, they started to reroute all of these oil supplies in various different ways. And again, it raised fears that oil supply was going to become, once more, the bigger dominating factor in oil prices. And that pushed WTI prices up to around 78.01 on January 26th. And the three-month spread that had been a dollar into Contango was suddenly back 62 cents into backwardation, which isn't all that steep, but it is a big difference going from a dollar Contango to 62 cents in backwardation. But in January, the IEA said, we're not seeing a whole lot of improvement on demand. Global oil demand growth slowed to 1.7 million barrels per day year over year in the fourth quarter of 2023. Remember, they had said 1.9. Well, it slowed down even further. That was well below the 3.2 million barrel per day rate registered during the second and third quarter of last year, mirroring, mirroring the unwind of China's post-pandemic release of travel demand. Growth is projected to ease from 2.3 million barrels per day in 2023 to just 1.2 million barrels per day in 2024 as macroeconomic headwinds continue to hit the global economy. So despite the fact that we have some geopolitical concerns in the oil market supplies, all of that, demand hasn't changed whatsoever, at least according to the IEA's forecast, as well as the oil market itself. Because since, this, since January 26, which is right around the time we saw the renewed rally in the bond market, these two things going together again, oil prices have been weakening all over again. As of this morning, the front March 2024 contract in WTI futures was down to 71.50. And it was back into contango again. The April contract at 71.57 and the May 71.60. So a diamond to contango in the first two calendar months, which suggests fundamentals in the oil prices again, even though it seems as if the Red Sea conflict is going to continue to heat up. Though there may be some, some hope that maybe U.S. airstrikes will be enough to dissuade further attacks on shipping. We'll see. But either way, even if that is the case, that just allows oil to go back into trading global economic fundamentals. And if your view of the U.S. economy is that it's really strong, you have to ask, why isn't that strength balancing out oil prices here? Why are we continuing to go on the weakening path further into contango, which is not just about places around the world. It's not just about China. It's not just about Europe. It's about the lack of strength in the United States as well. And of course, against all of this, remember, we still have OPEC cutting, its, uh, cutting back on its production and holding those cuts through at least the first quarter of this year. With all the very real supply problems that the oil market and the global economy is dealing with, along with the perceived potential problems from that Red Sea conflict, Weak oil prices are indeed sending a signal, especially as they move closer to their December lows. Down around $71 today, even though rates have backed up over the last couple of days. So even that, in that respect, decoupling from the bond market. So weak oil prices, weak economic fundamentals, and the primary weakness that we can see already in the global system, that's Europe. 
in the sickest economy of the increasingly sick European economy, that's Germany. And we watch Germany closely because the German economy is still a bellwether for global economic conditions. A whole bunch of, of the marginal expansion in Germany's economy comes from global trade. For all the talk about the U.S., we still have a global trade recession that appears to have just taken it up another notch. Not in a good way. What the Germans reported earlier today were trade statistics for the month of December, December 2023. And the numbers were quite shocking. Exports were down in euro values by 4.6%. That's in the month of December alone. Now, they had been up by 3.5% revised in November, which appears to have been nothing more than an anomaly. German exports have been retreating really since the middle part of last year. And since June, they're down a whopping 5%. So December basically completely erased whatever hope that November had presented that maybe Germany was starting to turn it around because the global economy was returning turning around, maybe an end to the global trade recession. Well, December poured cold water all over that and then some. Exports to the rest of Europe were down 5.5% in December. That was the same amount they were down to the United States. 5.5% less value of exports sent to the United States in December. China exports were down 7.9% month over month. So no matter what, how you look at it, exports were really bad in the, month of no, in the month of December. But as bad as it was on the export side, it is so much worse on imports. Imports into Germany were down 6.7% in December alone. Again, that's values by euros, the euro value of imports. That, that was following a 1.5% increase in November, which was, again, a one-month anomaly. Since May, imports into Germany have crashed by 11%. These are the lowest import values since September of 2021. So by both exports and imports in, into and out of Germany, what you see is that the global trade recession, which has been ongoing since late 2022, again, when bond curves went nuts with their inversions, trade has continued to drop off with the occasional one-month fluctuation here or there. But with December's really shocking figures from Germany, what it suggests is that maybe the global trade recession went in the wrong direction and accelerated to the downside, which would be consistent with where oil prices were heading up until the Red Sea conflict showed up. Now with trade maybe continuing to go in the wrong direction, we see all sorts of economic statistics uh, surveys and whatnot for January that we're suggesting manufacturing did not improve, goods trade did not improve, the global trade recession did not go away in January, maybe it actually accelerated, that would make sense why oil prices are becoming even weaker again. And that's because when you're making fewer goods, you're also shipping fewer goods, therefore you need a whole lot less crude oil. So the manufacturing recession, the trade recession, maybe stepping it up a notch. And this is something that the ECB talked about at its last policy meeting as a primary risk to the downside for the European economy, really the economy as a whole across the rest of the world. What they said was the risk to economic growth remained tilted to the downside. No kidding, right? Growth could be lower if the effects of monetary policy turn out to be stronger than expected. They don't need to be. Europe is already in a recession and it looks to be getting worse. A weaker world economy or a further slowdown in global trade, bingo, 
would also weigh on Euro area growth, which is exactly what the Germans just reported. Not just a slowdown in global trade, but an absolute crash in global trade during the crucial month of December. So German exports to the rest of the world suggest the rest of the world isn't doing well. And German imports that were even worse suggest that Germany's not doing well because of its position in the global trade dynamic. And we see lots of increasingly ugly statistics from Germany, which just on top of Europe's recession reminds us that not only is it getting worse, we still have the downside to what is an economic cycle, a globally synchronized economic cycle nonetheless. German retail sales in the month of December fell by 1.6%, for example. That was in real terms. And that was the second straight monthly decline for retail sales. But worse than that, retail sales in Germany were down in nominal terms too, and also for the second straight month. That's not a good sign at all. Since May, Retail sales in Germany have fallen by 3% in real terms, but more importantly, they're down by 2% in nominal terms. And more recent economic statistics like S&P Global's PMI suggest it isn't getting any better. Just for the, for the country of Germany in the month of January 2024, Germany's services PMI was 47.7, down from 49.3. Again, the second month in a row of a decline. The composite was just 47.0 down from 47.4. And there had been a limited increase, a small increase, a small rebound in some of these statistics, including exports in the one month of November, up until around November. So again, more consistent data that suggests there wasn't much to that rebound after the summertime. In fact, Germany, like the rest of the Europe, actually stayed in its recession. And the German economy, at least according to GDP, got worse in the fourth quarter, which goes along with the trade statistics as well as the retail sales statistics we just got. But if it was just Germany, then we wouldn't see the, the same problems spill over to the rest of the, Euro rest of the European economy like we are, nor would we see oil prices as weak as they're becoming. Oil prices suggests that whatever strength there might be in the global economy, there isn't or there can't be much of it because it's not balancing out oil. And the German economy as a bellwether for global trade is consistent with all of these other financial and market indications like crude oil and other commodities too that can't seem to catch a bid even as governments around the world, like in China, try to do their part, or at least what they think their part is, to stimulate their way out of this growing mess. So crude oil is consistent with bond yields that had fallen, as well as these macroeconomic statistics, which confirm demand is a major problem. So it appears as if the oil market might be back to pricing fundamentals rather than just geopolitics and supply factors, whether real or perceived in the future. And they don't look any better than they did back in December. In fact, in many ways, they look a lot worse, not just in Europe and Germany, but China too. Let's not forget about the Chinese situation. As even Xi Jinping himself said at the start of this year, yeah, we're facing some real difficulties here. But here's the big point though. If the U.S. was actually as booming as the labor market statistics, or at least the establishment, or at least the part of the establishment survey seemed to suggest, then we would see some strength in the oil market that would it would be enough to balance out this weakness where absent the geopolitical premium that had pushed oil higher 
we wouldn't see continued downside and contango in WTI futures. Oil-like bond yields are telling us that maybe the U.S. isn't as strong as the headline CES establishment survey. Maybe there is more weakness to it, as noted by the rest of the labor market numbers, too. And with Germany really struggling, causing Europe to really struggle here, we are reminded, we need to continue to be reminded, that we are indeed experiencing an economic cycle, an economic cycle that has not yet gotten to its final downside stage. And since we, we live in a globally synchronized system, the fact that we have this consistent downside case means this isn't just Germany's problems or Saudi Arabia's problem. It is a global problem that is continuing to be one no matter what happens or matter how much time passes. It's not just a small disagreement establishment survey versus establishment survey. The last labor market report was two different labor market reports, and that's the video I've got linked below. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University members and subscribers. And until next time, take care.